morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, Aesop, Rock of Israel, Cohen, I am Matt <laughs> Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of I like that freedom. one. I like that one. Folks, thanks for tuning in again to this Muddy Waters Media production. Be sure to share this right now to get around Mark Zuckerberg's totally not censorship <laughs> censoring of this and most other libertarian publications. Be sure to share this right now. Be sure to follow this. Uh, whatever you are uh, watching or listening to this on, like, follow, subscribe, hit the bell if it's on YouTube. Be sure that you tune in fully to this and everything else that Muddy Waters production, Muddy Waters Media does. Because the last thing we want is for you to miss out on even one bit of muddy goodness. Get the gift of Muddy Waters Media today. Kids love it. Kids love it. Kids love it. First and foremost, allow me to thank the fine, fine people at SiestaCava.com for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. And al- <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Allow me to thank my house's reverse osmosis filter for this delicious, <laughs> it's really good water uh, that I'm <laughs> drinking tonight from my house, Vula Vanaka. Vula Vanaka. <clears throat> so I ate um, sushi right before the show started, mm. and I had uh, wasabi, and I don't know why, but I wanted to make sure I ate all of the wasabi that they gave me with the sushi, and for some reason, it came with way more wasabi than it usually does, <laughs> so I was making myself suffer completely needlessly, to the point where it was actually hurting the back of my head. And it was all, it was terrible. And I'm not sure what made me decide to bring that up right now. Oh, because I was just I, coughing. Because you were coughing, right. I, uh, I had and I sushi. thought I was going to die about an hour ago. Right. I, I had sushi a couple of weeks ago because here in the state of Florida, I almost said the great state, but why am I going to lie? Um, but here in the state of Florida, Publix every Wednesday does $5 sushi rolls. And... It is fantastic because the sushi is good. It's not bad at all. Wait, is that just in in Florida? Hold on. I have I have no idea. Everywhere else I've ever lived, uh, I haven't had a Publix. So each I only Wednesday know. they have. Yeah, it might be five dollars sushi at Publix all the time. It's every, um, it's it's everywhere on 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 Wednesdays. Is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. So well, if I know you go where I'm going tomorrow. Now, Publix, you owe us a check, um, but um, or at least some gift cards, or just maybe four dollars sushi. Sure, um, but I tried to convince Superfan Sarah Andereg's four-year-old that wasabi was Japanese gum. I mean, that might be child abuse. <laughs> he did not believe me. No, he didn't because he he could sense what you were trying to do to him. Which is good. Ever so, uh, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings, and Buffalo Wild Wings. Now you can give us a check too. Uh, but uh, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was having wings, and he was eating, I don't know, something from the children's menu. And I was like, "Hey, stick out your tongue," and he did. And I just took a wing and I touched it right to his tongue. <laughs> You probably shouldn't admit to this stuff. Like you're gonna have CPS or whatever come. Like, are you you're abusing your you're abusing the children with with the uh, with hot sauce? 
Folks, this episode is brought to you before Matt ends up going to prison today. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing waffle related caucus in this or any other party in this entire planet. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Black Coffee, spelled B-L-V-C-K, because nothing means anything anymore, and you can spell things however the hell you want. Go to blvckbrews.com, that's blackbrews.com, and uh, get some of the most delicious cold-brewed organic coffee to ever be misspelled. Go to and be sure to use the checkout code MW for free shipping. This episode is brought to you, of course, by Henry McMaster, who is... And will always be a, a bitch. bitch. That part never gets old. I, that's my it. Favorite. Really, yeah, it really doesn't. Henry McMaster being a bitch will never ever get old. It's my favorite part of the. Everything is downhill after this, right? The entire rest of the yeah, show. I mean, is the downhill. rest of the show really doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't. Like the first six minutes is really all that all that's about. So. We have quite a show for you guys. We do have quite a show for you guys. And speaking of bitches. <laughs> oh, by the way, is this what speaking of bitches? Yes. Well, no, oh. I was going to go somewhere completely different, but that makes. Speaking of bitches, this hat. That's right. Auctioning off the official. The official. Spike, the official Spike Cohen Spike hat. Cohen hat. Signed by both Guy on left right. and Guy on right. Yep. And I know what you're thinking. Spike, there is no way this hat could be any better. And yet, you're wrong. Because this has a... What, what did we figure out? How is this done? It's ironed. It's this ironed, ironed <laughs> this bespoke ironed... But look at the qual- like look at the quality of this hat. Like look at the look at- the, the the stitching of the why, lettering. Why is that not focusing? There we go. Look at the stitching on this hat. The, the stitching of the lettering is high grade quality stitching. High quality um, stitching by with, little by tiny hands. Tiny 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 <laughs> tiny, tiny hands t- tiny, of a 4-year-old who worked very hard Tiny, before David Wasabi. Who really care about their work. They're happy right. to work. Every day that they get up, they get really excited about... Anyway, so this... And then this... Um, why is my camera not focusing? This is also made by four-year-olds. And uh, this is the Muddy Waters Media logo. Accurate. Um, and, uh, and it's also signed Muddy Waters Media 2020. We got Muddy Waters Media to sign this hat. So this we hat did. has been signed by Matt Wright. By me, Spike Cohen, and by a non-person, an actual, an organization signed this hat, came into personification and then signed the hat. So and, we are doing an auction. And BDSM Guru has already let off the bidding with $60. Okay, so the bidding has already started on this hat uh, with $60. Uh, and the way that we're going to do it is uh, throughout the episode, you guys outbid each other. We will be announcing the bids throughout the episode, and we will be, whoever what? has the most at the end of the episode wins. Yes. D- D- so, DV- DVSV Flood is at $69. Nice. Dollars. Nice. Nice. It's closed. No. 
No, we need to go to six four twenty sixty nine like we did last time. So, so yes. So, again, yes. So throughout the episode, uh, we will be updating people on what the highest bid is as they come in. And what are we up to now? So, uh, Nicholas and Andreas in 120, wife is going to kill me. Tom Arnold bid a huge zero. <laughs> Tom Arnold bid zero. Tom Arnold bid zero dollars. Because it's not signed. Okay, Tom, we'll get my wife to. Oh, you got to sign this one. Yeah. Oh, you. Sa- Sasha Cohen She'll... has it at 125. Wow. Adam Freeman at 150. Okay, so. Oh, wow. Okay, Guys, so. We, we're going to be doing this throughout We're going to be doing this episode. all night. So, but, but don't let us stop you. Okay, at this rate, we should be up to about 6,500 by the end of the show. Um, which I'm not upset about at all. So, you guys get to happy bidding. Have a good fun time with that. We'll be tuning in uh, occasionally with how the bidding's going. But now we're going to start with the way we start every single episode of this show ever. Oh, by the way, shout out to Time Code Productions for the awesome yes. studio that, that Matt is in. Yeah, massive shout out to Time Code Productions for this great studio. Um, Good friends of ours. Uh, I've done a lot of work with Time Code Productions. I actually spoke with them earlier today about doing some work on a short film. Um, and, you know, they do fantastic work here. Uh, commercials, commercials, short films, music videos, whatever. Uh, pretty much any video need that you may have, they do here. Uh, be sure to check them out at timecodeproduction.com. Uh, really good friends of mine. Well, three quarters of them. Three quarters of them are really good friends. The other one, hey. But... Uh, <laughs> This is what we're doing. So also, this episode is also brought to you by personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, who brings us the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. That'll be later. Um, So now we do the beginning of our segment, which is, of course, the black organic coffee cold brewed caffeinated rapid fire segment brought to you by blackbrews.com, blvckbrews.com. And again, use code MW for free shipping. So just so everybody knows, Nicholas Andreasen has it at $200. Jonathan Tromer, you sent that in after him, so you'll be the backup at $200. Um, and starting out the black coffee cold brew, caffeinated, not so rapid fire, uh, Robert O'Brien, Robert O'Brien, Trump's national security advisor, has mm-hmm. stated that there will be a professional transition to the Biden time for Harris administration if the current lawsuits don't work out for the president. The Biden time for Harris. For Harris. We're just Biden time. We're just Biden time for Harris. We're Biden time. We're Biden time. I like that. <laughs> so just in case the current lawsuits don't work out for the president, and in fact, President Trump uh, in a response to someone else's tweet about uh, Joe Biden winning. And he said he won because, and he was naming all these reasons why why Biden you know, won illegally or whatever, but right. he admitted that he won. And then in a, in a, a talk, he actually had mentioned, um, uh, he had mentioned something about, he started to say with the new administration, then he was like, well, well, we'll see what happens or something like that. Right. Um, and wait, this is this just in uh, the news. odds of 
the odds of Robert O'Brien getting fired before the transition happens was just up to one in one. Yeah. Just up to one in one. I love all these last minute firings. And I love how every time someone in like the military industrial complex side of things gets fired, everyone's like, it's because Trump's going to pull all the troops out. And it's like, that's not. He doesn't have to fire people. No, actually, I got a notification of something literally moments before the show started. That is all the troops are home now? (laughs) No, I really wish I had saved that like I had intended to. Uh, Somebody was just fired. Probably Robert O'Brien. It wasn't. I was because I saw the notification. (laughs) I was like, please be Robert O'Brien. Um. God, I wish I knew who I started to read it. And I was like, oh, I'll save that for later. And then I didn't. Um, yep. Somebody was just fired. I don't have the article up on my phone anymore. Otherwise, I so, would tell everybody who that was. Speaking of fired, Twitter uh, has released their own version of stories, which they're calling fleets. 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 Which I don't really Twitter tweet. I get that fleet, 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 because they're fleeting. Oh, I mean that's the only thing I think of. That's it. So you go on Twitter to tweet and to fleet. And Everyone else just calls them stories. You had to literally, be special, literally. Uh, Facebook stories, Instagram stories, Snapchat stories, MeWe stories. Oh, MeWe has stories? MeWe has stories. Yeah, everybody's got stories. And But uh, not Twitter. Twitter, Twitter doesn't have yeah. stories. Twitter no, has no. fleets. They, they've got fleets. Fleets. Like, fleets of ships. That's what... When I heard fleets, I'm like, like ships. Like, fleet, like an armada. Mark Esper, Secretary of Defense. That sounds right, actually. That's because he's going to bring the troops home. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's waiting until um, the last minute. There was uh, So one of Muhammad Ali's last fights, there was a, a play-by-play announcer who, who announced it, an Australian guy, and he was a huge Ali flan, fan. And when the beginning of the fight started, he said, oh, uh, you know, Ali, he's going to do a rope-a-dope. He's going to look like he's losing all the way to the last minute. He's going to save it for the end, and then he's going to knock the guy out. And so throughout the whole fight... Oh, and Ali lost every round of this fight. I forget who it was against, but he lost every round of the fight. And the guy the whole time, he's like, he's saving it for the final rounds. He's saving it for the last, uh, this was back when the 15 rounds for, for championship fights. He's saving it for the last five rounds. He's saving it for the last five rounds. Round 11 comes up. He's saving it for the last four rounds. 12 comes up. He's saving it for the last three rounds. All the way to the end of the, the last round, he goes, he's saving it for the last three minutes. He's saving it for the last two minutes. He said, and he literally, the last time he said it was, he's saving it for the last 10 seconds. This is Trump supporters, Trump supporting libertarians who say that Trump's going to pull the troops out. They are going to, on January 19th, they're going to be like, Trump's waiting until the last 24 hours to pull all the troops out. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. And in fact, we're going to get into that on why he's not going to do that a little bit later. Just a little later. But um, so speaking of fleets, speaking of fleets, speaking of fleets, not everyone's happy about fleets. Not everybody is happy. Yeah, not not everybody's happy about fleets over on Flitter. Um, AOC was not happy about fleets. Uh, tweeting out, does the fleets thing stress anyone else out? Like, 
I use Twitter to get away from Instagram stories, not have it follow me around on every platform, reminding me that I don't have makeup on. This is a congresswoman. You don't have to use fleets. You don't have to use fleets. You know, do you know how I found out what fleets was? From AOC? From AOC's tweet. (laughs) Everyone's like, what's fleets? And so now everyone is going to get upset at her because she's not wearing makeup. Right. (laughs) On fleets. Like, no one's going to make you use fleets. The... the, The evil capitalist society. How could capitalism do this to me? (laughs) The evil capitalist society that makes it possible for you to share information with all of your friends and short videos with all of your friends whenever you want makes it just absolutely awful that (laughs) I don't have makeup on. AOC, I can't speak for Spike, but I don't have makeup on. No, and they wanted to put wake makeup on me during the campaign because apparently I'm shiny, and I'm like I'm not wearing makeup. I'm just gonna have to shine because I'm not. You do shine. You are like I, the light of the libertarian. Do, I'm the light. Shiny. That's why people like me because I shine. I come out and I like glow. <laughs> I have an aura about me. But You're so like a libertarian Care Bear. <laughs> I can't believe it did the thing. Except it's here. <laughs> I'm just here. This is where my Care Bear, <laughs> right, and it's a, you, and it's a, it's that's that where the Care bird flame that comes out of the, the torch, is right here. The Care Bear stare comes from where the third eye is, on. and it's <laughs> so. I mean, I for one am sick of this patriarchal culture that gives AOC an opportunity to use a thing that's similar to stories on Twitter that makes her think about the fact that she doesn't have makeup on. Everyone, press F. <laughs> Press F to Press show respect. F to show to pay respect for AOC. For AOC not having makeup on. Possibly. <laughs> so speaking of, well, I know this is still Twitter. So speaking of Twitter, Twitter speaking and Twitter, uh, Facebook CEOs Jack <laughs> Jack Castaway Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, because he looks like Tom Hanks in Castaway. I don't even know what Jack Dorsey looks like. Does he really? Oh, yeah. I So I was going to put up pictures of him for that, but I figured enough people knew that I wouldn't have to make the joke. Like, I, the, adding the picture was too much. Oh, see, I would have put up a picture of Tom Hanks in Castaway. I, and, yeah, and that's, and, yeah. And the Borg. So Google, look up what Jack Dorsey looks like. All right, now. okay. Um, but they testified in front of the Senate today. Uh, on whether or not Facebook and Twitter practice anti-conservative bias. And while we here at the show can't really speak to anti-conservative bias, uh, we know that I, Jack Lloyd, the philosopher, Josh Smith, John Hudak, pretty much anybody involved with fakertarians, um, and so many, so many other libertarians were not able to talk about this on Facebook today. Because they're not on it and and keep in mind josh smith is sitting on the board of the libertarian national committee like he's not just a random libertarian and all of these people are relatively prominent people in the libertarian movement including you and i mean you're a member of the libertarian party of georgia and and national and national 
and national. Yeah, Nicholas Andreasen also got yeeted. Um, yeah. So and, like and, a ton of people have been yeeted. I hate that I use that phrase twice now. Uh, <laughs> have been kicked off Facebook. Um, probably for saying yeeted. Probably, I wish. Because that would have really parsed down my friends that definitely got say kicked off Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so many of my friends would have, like a lot of people I know were kicked off Facebook during the great the suckening the zucker purge well and then Uh, we had we had the time when people weren't allowed to interact with complex entities and what lp national found out was that was just some weird they let their bots go free for the last week before the election and then waited until after all the polls closed and let and undid all the restrictions and yet and it just so happened to wildly disproportionately affect libertarians and conservatives Mm mm-hmm just so happened to yeah and many of us are still sitting here on the sidelines yeah with no yeah no still facebook yeah definitely not a backup account no you would never do that you're just not on facebook just not on facebook you're just definitely not on a backup account with my name spelled slightly differently no Uh, god no that would no no in fact i was talking to my new friend matt wright but not spelled your way. And I was talking um, to him about the, how, the guy how would, it's weird. The, no, he doesn't would never do. No, I would never do that. He, he doesn't have do a that. W on his name. Yeah, that's a totally different person. Totally different guy. By the totally way, you and Sarah guy. are going to have to have a talk. So, Is she cheating on me with the other Matt Wright? I, you need to talk. I don't want to get into personal things, but yes. Um, so speaking <laughs> of cheating on you... A school district in Washington state uh, has decided that Asian Americans no longer qualify as people of color because light yellow isn't a color. Nope. Nope. Uh, We reached out to Franklin Delano Roosevelt for comment, but he was too deceased. Oh, because of the camps. Right. Oh, well, and the, and we tried to reach out to Harry Truman, equally dead, because equally of the dead. of the nuking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Equally, 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 dead. both equally dead. Yeah, both of them are equally Pre- dead. Press, press effort, press effort again. <laughs> so, update on the bidding for the. That's what I was just looking for. I just for. saw 2020. The highest bid at Kale Mando has bid $2,020. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 220 from BDSM Guru. Uh, half two, two, two. an Ethereum. Okay. 0. 0.5 Ethereum. I don't oh. know what that equates to. Hold on. D- <laughs> DVSV Flood says, I used to be 25% POC, but now I'm 100% white. Well, I that's just shout out that's, to... That's just in that one Washington state school district. Yeah, if you live um, in the other 49 states, you're still and, a half POC. So a half an Ethereum is roughly 240 bucks okay. uh, US. That's good to know. <laughs> Uh, Nick Andreasen at 250. Now, a lot of the reasons that they're saying that they have made that switch is that 
when the Asians were part of the students of color, the disparity between the two groups wasn't as wide between white students and students of color. And so they moved the Asians out of it and lumped them with the whites to make the disparity between the two groups wider. So it, yep, I get what they're trying to do here, but effectively what's happening is they're telling people that if you do well, then you're white. Yes. Right. They also did a disparity between affluent and people who were on uh, free or discounted lunch. And that disparity, not surprisingly, was greater than white person of color, student of color, even when the Asians were part of student of color. Or even when the Asians were part of the white, because that made the disparity greater. Asians are people of color. They are people of color. Now, you, let me ask you, because super fan Sarah Anderegg. Uh, oh, were she, we doing the thing? Okay, go ahead. When, when she was going through school, mm-hmm. she has a lot of family who is Israeli and they don't consider themselves to be white. And so right. when she was filling out the form, she asked her teacher what she fills out being Jewish. And yes. They said, well, you fill out white. And she goes, but I'm not white. So Sarah is in the I'm not white camp. I don't know where she is now, but that was what she was taught growing up. So here is, and the question of are Jews white is a perfect example of how race is a bunch of garbage. Garbage. Um, Because you should be able to know. If it is a palpable, measurable thing, then there'd be no question. My answer is that Judaism is a religion. So I consider myself white because I look like this. I'm the whitest person on this show right now, for example. Uh, and so and that's weird because that's not often when it's me on the other side. No, that's what I mean. That's how white I am. I'm very, I'm like stark white. I'm like actual, I'm like an eggshell white. Okay. Like my color is actually in the white family. So, The point I'm making here is that there are black Jews, there are white Jews, there are Hispanic Jews, there are uh, mixed race Jews, there are Semitic Jews, like, you know, uh, Israelis and things like that. So, I mean, and meanwhile, now Israeli is a nationality and the majority of Israelis are Ashkenazis, which is what I am, which is Jews that came from Europe or who have been for in Europe for a long period of time, you know, the, like the white ones. So it's really, I consider myself white. There are many Jews that aren't white, but being Jewish, and this is just my opinion, being Jewish does not automatically make you white. And I've had people say right. to me, well, you can't say that because Jews were rounded up and, and, and you know, genocided in, in Europe for not being Aryan. And I'd say, yeah, so we're communists. And so were homosexuals, uh, and so were uh, Catholics. Um, the Jews were the ones that were hated the most out of those groups. But and 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 just to drive it home, in order to differentiate us from other Germans, 
they had to put um uh the 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 uh the the Uden uh five five point or six point star on uh, make us wear that on our clothes to differentiate us because you couldn't tell Cause otherwise couldn't tell often because right. we're white or those ones were white so yeah that's so I consider myself white. Uh, I always mention in medical documents that I'm also Jewish because there are certain like genetic things, uh, genetic disorders and things like that that are have high uh, proliferation or high propensity among Ashkenazi Jews. So I always mention it, but I'm white. I'm a white guy. Uh, Vermin Supreme in the comments said, did oh, everyone brush oh. their teeth today? Wow. That's... And- what? BDS, BDSM guru, uh, his, yeah, I think he's at two seventy five, but he says five hundred from my bid of two seventy five. I don't know if he just jumped it to five hundred. We're gonna need clarification on that BDSM. Yeah, guru. I've... but Vermin, we it's good to see you here. Yeah, in Vermin, great to see you. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back to well, well, now to now to, the, to our to, era to the present to the present to the present. To our, well to, to our present. Right, to our present. Welcome back to our present, Mr. President. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's actually Vermin, too. Um, like, not one of the people on his on right. his uh, channel. I'm pretty sure that's him. Um, Vermin, I love you. Good to see you again. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, uh, every time I keep seeing 2020, I keep thinking someone bid $2,000 for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um my wife would like everyone you. to know there are also Ethiopian Jews and per and Iranian Jews. Iranian Jews. Right. Yeah. And like uh, so much of Sarah's family is from Israel. They consider themselves Middle Eastern. So that's why when she was asked about it, it was like, well, Israeli isn't on the list of any of these. And they're like, you're white. And she was like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so like, what is it? Like 60% of Israelis are Ashkenazi, which is, I call it white. But 40% aren't. 40% are, you know, look, it's it's hard to differentiate them from, you know, from Arab people or from Palestinians because they are Semitic. Um, so it's just like, when people would ask me, are Jews white? I'd say Jews are whatever color that jew is judaism's a religion it would be like saying are christians white or are muslims white or whatever so that is my answer to that speaking of whether or not jews are white joe biden has a page on his website titled the biden and and it's in all caps yeah no this was copied and pasted good Good. In all caps, the Biden plan to coordinate critical materials for all 50 states and U.S. territories. Now, you're probably thinking, Spike, I thought that the problem with our supply chain is all those regulations and taxes and licensing fees and bureaucracy and red tape that the federal and state governments have created that make it so difficult. Things like the Jones Act, things like the Department of Transportation, things like gas taxes that make it so burdensome and costly to be able to supply things uh, regulations that require truckers to only drive 10 nine, 9 to 10 hours a day and pull off on the side of the road even if they're just a few miles from a rest stop and 
park where it's the absolute most dangerous place to park a truck because they're not allowed to drive even a minute longer for their own safety, of course, that it's this kind of stuff that hurts our supply chain. Turns out, no, no, the, the problem is that the government, the government doesn't, doesn't control it. So, uh, where is that? Yes. So thankfully Joe Biden is on the case and he, he, uh, he released a statement earlier about it. And I had a nurse at, at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my awesome. ear wow. and go home and get me pillows. They would make awesome. sure they'd actually probably nothing ever taught in uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make awesome. me move to get get me moving. Well, that's a relief. He that's then relief. did he did follow up on his website after giving that speech about. <laughs> our supply chain, where he said, and I quote, as commander in chief, it's Trump's responsibility to get these essential workers what they need. In no way did Joe Biden write this because it didn't say malarkey or come on, man, even once. Once. Um, Do you have a a Biden impression? Not yet. Uh, I'm working on one. Uh, You're going to have to because he's he's president for the next next year before (laughs) Before Harris Um, takes over. (laughs) I'm going to have to have a Biden impression. Okay. All right. Okay. No problem. Uh, Trump should immediately task a supply commander to take command of the national supply chain for essential equipment, medications, and protective gear. We can no longer leave this to the private sector. The supply commander should work with every governor to determine their needs and then coordinate production and delivery of those needs in a timely and efficient manner. And the supply chain... Supply commanders should direct the distribution of critical equipment as cases peak at different times in different states or territories. That goes for ventilators, masks, gowns, face shields, lab equipment, testing and testing components, medicines, and all other critical materials, like probably food. That's what the government should be doing. Now, again, you're probably thinking that this is weird that the federal government would be creating a problem in our supply chain and then turning around and saying that we need it but no no we we definitely need this and you might be thinking spike this sounds like socialism no it's actually fascism (laughs) so in socialism the government controls the means of production and takes over the factories and takes over the trucking companies in fascism it's a little worse (laughs) what they do in fascism is they let these companies continue to operate it and charge usually whatever they want and then makes them necessary and labels them essential and cuts out all competition and then forces them to do it the way that the government tells them to. So, you know, like how our healthcare system works, that's how everything's going to work now. Right. The combination between having, and the, one of the issues with healthcare is the fact that we have a combination of private insurance and government mandates and regulations and subsidies and all the other crap, which, uh, that actually makes it completely not free market because you don't have oh, yeah. respon- reliable and responsive pricing to yep. the market itself. Yeah. So- yep. A- and suppliers aren't able to meet the supply that the demand is, is, is attributing. Yeah. Right. So now uh, the way the system has, the way the system has been working out and it's because it's this effed up 
amalgamation of free market and government control, hospitals yep. are now taking assurances into their own hands about how to make sure that they get whatever they need. And a lot of that is they'll say that they need stuff by hoarding information. They'll say, oh yeah, we need this stuff because our people aren't being cured. So they get more so they can hoard the supplies. That's and then not, they don't talk yeah. about the, and then they won't put the supplies into their inventory and they'll say things like, oh, yeah, no, we went through that because they don't want to admit to having it because they're afraid that it will get taken from them and given to a different hospital. Yeah. So they will withhold information about, you know, who's sick, who's getting better, whatever, to get more supplies. And then they will withhold the supplies and hide them throughout the hospital, not including them in the inventory. So they don't get taken back to be given to some other hospital or organization centralization leads to rationing rationing leads to hoarding hoarding leads to shortages shortages make the cost continue to go up and because there's no price signaling and no increase of supply in it that can happen in an elastic manner it just keeps going up in cost and then eventually the government steps in and goes we're just going to control everything yep and then at least you've cut the cronies out but good luck getting anything. Yeah, I mean, them attempting, yeah, them attempting to streamline this uh, hasn't worked ever, ever in the past, yeah, ever, not not once in the past. And it's you're just going to have more red tape, more people getting paid, uh, more departments that are going to need funding, and the cost of everything is just going to skyrocket. skyrocket. And more importantly, the availability is going to go down because cost eventually becomes irrelevant. They'll, they'll eventually say, they'll do what happened in like Venezuela where they'll say, well, the cost is too high. We're going to put in price caps. Okay, great. No one's supplying it anyway. It doesn't matter what the cost is. Great news, everyone. The cost of beef is, has been capped at $20 a pound. You can't find it anyway, so who cares? And, right. and it's way more expensive than if you just let them supply it the way that they need to and stop taxing taxing and licensing and zoning and regulating it into being so difficult to provide in the first place. Um, this is, they are now doing with the supply chain, which is for those who don't know what the supply chain is, it's everything. It's something being, it's, it's everything between someone making something and you getting it all, everything, anything you own that you didn't make yourself, is the supply chain it, yep. it or was gotten to you at was given to you was brought was was procured was provided to you because of the supply chain and in the same way that it is incredibly difficult to show the average american that healthcare would work better outside of this government mandated insurance system because that's all they know in a couple generations trying to explain to someone that they don't need a national supply chain management commander uh, to be able to get them the things they need is going to be equally difficult. Right. This is something that has to be fought tooth and nail. Thankfully, in theory, Republicans should fight this just because it's coming from a Democrat. But when was the last time you relied on Republicans fighting stuff that Democrats do? Yeah, uh, it's been a while. Like, because the Republicans... I was growing up, I grew up uh, much like you, you know, I was like conservative, neocon, yeah. Conser yeah, conservative, yeah, yeah. neocon, whatever. And I remember growing up, my dad saying Republicans are spineless. They will eventually give in under the promise that they will get back 
one day, but that day never comes. Yep. And that has not really changed. Yep. Even when they're in the point of, uh, even when they are at a point where they act, hold all the cards, like let's say, which they didn't do, but let's say that they won the House and the Senate this time mm-hmm. and Joe Biden becomes president they would work with Joe Biden and give him basically whatever he wanted on the promise that they would get it back later. And they would never get the other side of that. Right. Right. And then when they had control of all three, they wouldn't pass the things that they had been promising to pass, but instead some watered down milk toast version of whatever they promised to pass. And the interesting thing about that is growing up, I was I uh, well into my 20s believed the same thing. These spineless Republican cowards won't do anything about it. Then I found out something. Once I became a libertarian and started consuming not just conservative media, but a media across the spectrum so I could get a, a wide variety of different opinions, it turns out that's what progressives say about Democrats, that Democrats push for things that they want and they always give in because they're spineless cowards that give in to those crazy Republicans. And then I realized something. It's all a sham. Right. They're Agreed. all in on it together. They all play good cop to their base and bad cop to that base. And that keeps everyone voting for the lesser evil. And the reality is they're both just pushing for more and more and more government control. Democrats tend to push for more and more government control on the economic side. And Republicans tend to push for more and more and more control on the social and and cultural side. And in a grand display of bipartisanship, they work together to pass a little bit of growth in the control of all of those things. Right. And the thing that terrifies me the most about uh, the National Supply Commander, um, he went to the National Supply Commander before the dust of this election has even come close to settling. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. like pretty much everybody agrees, minus like OAN, that Biden has won this election. But there's still dust that hasn't settled. You know, we're still waiting on a couple of lawsuits to go through and a couple of other issues that are out there, but pretty much everybody's on the same page. Biden is already saying national supply commander. And if he's willing to go to that, that quickly, if he's willing to go to that, that quickly uh, after this election, not even waiting for everything to kind of settle down. What else is he willing to do that? on? Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. And the reason he's saying it, I mean, it was in this tweet. He talked about how these were critical materials. That's why it has to happen immediately. That wasn't a tweet. In his, in this, on this, on his website. On his website. In his fleet (laughs) that he put. No, but he's, you know, they're saying why. If someone says, why does this have to happen now? He goes, well, come on, man. It's because it's because it's got to happen right now. It's because it's critical. This is going to be governing by crisis and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Biden Harris will be worse. Whoever replaces them at some four or eight years from now, whatever, until we get libertarians elected and more on that later. uh, This is just going to keep getting worse. Everything's going to be a crisis that if we don't do something about right now, everyone's going to die. Right? Like that's how it's going to be. Because if everything is a crisis, then we'll have to figure it out later. Just pass it and find out what's in it because we've got to figure out what's happening right now. Everything's a mess. Everything's going to fall apart. If they don't keep us in a constant state of fear, then we'd actually have an opportunity to take a breath and decide whether any of this is a good idea in the first place. 
But if everything's a crisis, if everything, we just got to deal with it right now, we got to deal with it right now, that allows them to do whatever they want to. And you're always going to be playing from behind because you're always going to be playing catch up. Always. So. So real quick, Joe Biden was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania and raised in Delaware, I believe. Why does he have Southern? Scantron. What? He was born in, it's it's pronounced Scantron. Oh, but why does he have a Southern accent? He's got the, okay. So I have he's got some, like the folksy southern kind of. He's got a come weird on, man. Like so, there is a part pop of was a bad goose. So there's a part of Pennsylvania. So people they call it Pennsylvania. Like it's a, so part of like central western Pennsylvania is very similar in a way. So many of them talk to like the rest of the I guess Rocky Mountain states, like the inland south. So even though Pennsylvania is a northern state especially outside of the cities, outside of Pittsburgh, outside of um, Philadelphia, they have that weird kind of, it's not Southern, but it's like twangy. Okay. All so right. I think that's a legitimate, I think that's legitimate. I, I, that's I, fair. I, I was just kind of, because I knew Delaware. I knew Delaware. But that's uh, not where he's fun, from. He's from Pennsylvania, yeah. Fun fact. From Scanfron. My, my great-grandfather, uh, I think it was my great-grandfather. It was either my great-grandfather or my great uncle uh ran against joe biden uh in the senate years ago really yeah uh he ran as a member of the socialist party so he lost greatly um so deep down somewhere inside of me is socialist blood and i tried to bleed that out Um, so you're gonna get a leech to do some bloodletting i just want the socialist blood out of me i just want the socialist blood out leave all the capitalists um but (laughs) Well, yeah, he actually, I read an article. He wrote a paper called the the Delaware Porcupine, I believe is what it was called. The Porcupine. Um, yeah, I got really excited when I heard the name too, and then I read it. Um, was he a libertarian socialist? No, oh. he wasn't. He was just a... <laughs> he was... Oh, wow. Yeah, he was socialist. Um, I think prayers. it was called the Delaware Porcupine, but and it, he wrote an article about his election against Joe Biden. That's so interesting. um, Yeah. So. We got that going for you. Yeah. I got that going for you. You got that Um, going for you. So right now, Nicholas Andreessen, I'm not accepting that bid. You have to make it an even number. Oh gosh. Come on guys. Like you have to make it an even number. So I'm rounding you down to 280 and you have to do it by at least ten dollars, people. At yeah. least dollars. So two eighty is the bid right now. Until we get to four twenty sixty nine, then you can you can go up just sixty nine right. cents. Uh two eighty is the bid right now. The next bid has to be two ninety um before we will continue. So okay, so we're up to two eighty one. We're up two ninety to- from BDSM Guru. 290 from BDSM Guru. Okay, very good. Well, thank you, guys. Um, so speaking of BDSM, now we have – now it's the next uh, uh, section of uh, – the next segment, which is the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, where you can go to anchor.fm. Well, first, what we do on this segment is we uh, we read the messages, the voice messages that are loving viewers and followers leave for us now you might be thinking spike how can i get in on this leaving messages action well 
That's an excellent question. If you go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, uh, there is, uh, that is our Anchor uh, page, our Anchor channel where you can listen to all of our episodes. And also, there's a button there that uh, says message or leave a message or something like message. that. Send a message. And message you press that. Yeah, something like that. And then you can leave a, a message for us. There's also another button there where you can donate money to us. So that's another thing that you're able to do on there. But you don't have to, to leave a message. We'd love for you to, but you don't have to. You can just leave a message, and we will answer them on these segments. So our and first... Nicholas Andreasen has us at 325 325 $325 is the highest bid so far. His wife will kill him. But that is where his business Every is time we do an auction, someone ends up like, oh, my family's going <laughs> to divorce me. <laughs> hey, thanks. So our first uh, question it comes from Alex uh, Boyer or Boyer? Alex from Virginia. Alex from Virginia. Here we go. Hello, hello. Alex from Virginia calling into the Chris oh. Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney at law, Inker call-in line. And I have a question for Matt Wright and Spike Dead Celo Green Scrolls Cohen. And I want to know what your guy what you guys think about the free state project that is going on in the state of New Hampshire. Um, from what I've gathered, um, these people are attempting to co-opt the Republican Party with libertarians and they claim to have won ninety-four seats in their state house and state senate in this most recent election and those 94 wins being libertarians running as republicans um is this a viable strategy to implement in other states or is this just going to end up floundering and diluting the libertarian party so okay Okay, so first I, of all, Dead Celo screen, Dead Celo Green Celo Scrolls. Green scrolls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that first was because I listened to his earlier. Because there was one week, he and I had the same nickname. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't play his. Um, <laughs> so wait. So wait. So was he talking about the, the Free State Project? Is claiming that they've elected ninety four Republicans that are actually libertarians. That are actually libertarians. Yeah. Well, now, first of all, I didn't know that but go ahead. Right. And I actually haven't looked into it. I have looked into the free state, excuse me, the free state project. And a lot of the work that they do, I really like. Um, However, I did some work a little while ago with the Republican Liberty Caucus. And much of what they were saying is that they, uh, elected liberty-minded people or tried to get liberty-minded people elected to Congress and state yeah, yeah. Uh, state areas. Now, most of these people that they backed were not liberty-minded. Or they started that way and then they That's got in. That's what happens. Right. And then they got in and they Ted cruised all over the place. So uh, what we have often is a lot of people in the same way that a lot of people that come to the Liberty movement and they're not fully libertarian, right? They're, they're not fully, they, and I was one of them. I came into the libertarian movement and I was like, yeah, most of this sounds good, but also, uh, we need to protect our borders from, uh, you know, illegals. 
and uh, we probably need to, you know, smash, uh, you know, we probably need to, what was my other big thing that, uh, it was the, the border control thing, uh, and also, uh, really, and this was less be- not being libertarian, but I thought that most people were on welfare because they were lazy, and I didn't really understand how the tax and taxation and regulation and, and that whole structure was contributing to generational poverty. Um, and so, but being in the liberty movement, the more time I was in there, the more time I was influenced by the prevailing culture, the more research I did into libertarian thinkers. In the same way, a very similar reverse thing happens when a lot of, lot of liberty-minded people are in the Republican Party or in the conservative movement they often become less liberty-leaning over time. All of a sudden, we need strong border controls to stop the illegals, and wealth people on welfare are lazy, and sometimes they get into really cringy ideas about race and uh, and stuff like that. So I I, I tend to think... It, I've had people say to me, hey, listen, I'm uh, uh, you know an elected Republican, but I'm with the Libertarian Party you know almost 100% of the time, and if you guys ever become a viable party, I'll switch because I I I, I don't want to lose my election by becoming a Libertarian. But I'm already I already agree with what you do, and I go, okay, great. Hope that when, right. when, when when we get there, I hope you still do that. My concern with those folks is not always, but often they end up becoming conservatives because they kind of have to. Uh, if they if they want to remain, not get primaried out, they sort of have to become that. And the reality is the more you associate with certain groups of people and consume their media primarily, it affects how you think. That's just how people are. Um, Jonathan Traumer, 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 Jonathan, Jonathan mm-hmm. over on Facebook. Is that a real bid? Because I don't want to upset the people arguing over on YouTube by saying that number out loud. Um, so if that is a real bid, let us know. And I will definitely give a shout out to hashtag libertities and hashtag bulge for liberty. Liberty. So there was a, yeah, and I will as well. There was a brief scandal on Twitter that I, people were saying that I was inadvertently contributing to bulge for liberty. I guess one of my pictures and guys, I can't help it. Any picture that I have is a inadvertent contribution to bulge for liberty jonathan says yes so for everybody on youtube who's arguing over 330 dollars uh the new bid is 420 blaze up the new bid is 420 nice sorry the new bid is 420 nice um does and if someone bids uh 42069 uh then i will say nice again uh i so, know it's a major incentive <laughs> so yeah uh alex that you may have seen in the comments actually you're on you're on youtube so a lot of people in facebook don't have a lot of faith in the free state project um I, the work that I have done with the free state project in the past, I've enjoyed it and I've thought they've done a great job, but if they're electing Republicans, odds are those people, they'll do great in the lower levels, but the higher they get, the more Republican they will become. They have to become. Yeah. Right. Rand Paul. You want to be in the Senate? As a Republican, you gotta be a Mitch McConnell Republican. Not even conservative. You gotta be this kind of like freaking 
Republican. Right. Interesting note there. So uh, my friend Brad Barron was the Libertarian candidate for the Senate. Rand Paul said, because he's friends with Brad Barron, and he's a libertarian, he said to himself, or he said to, to the world, he, he, he announced that he would remain neutral during the Senate race. And then Mitch McConnell called him. Yep. And then he endorsed Mitch McConnell. Thomas Massey didn't endorse Mitch McConnell. He didn't endorse anyone. Now, there's the difference between being one out of 435 members of a federal house and being one out of 100 members in a federal house. The further you work your way up as a Republican, the more you have to be whatever the, more, the Republican right. Party tells you to be. Now, there was a story. Uh, and that's true of Democrats, too. I mean, it's, it's you know, there are some liberty-leaning people in the squad on certain issues. That's great. The higher they work their way up, the more they're going to have to be just standard-issue Democrats. There was a story from years ago when – I believe it was when Thomas Massey first got elected. Um, Paul Ryan was speaker, and Thomas Massey did not vote the way that Paul Ryan wanted him to. Yep. And uh, – oh, God, Joe, Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh was still – in and he was libertarian-esque liberty leaning yeah he was in that freedom caucus right yeah he was in the freedom caucus um and he was talking with possibly Rand paul possibly somebody else um but paul ryan came over to thomas massey and started giving him the republican here to for like you're gonna vote my way or you're gonna i mean what are you gonna do you're not gonna kick him out but threaten you know threaten to kick him out and no but uh, you can remove him from all committees you can primary him you can you know not give him national republican uh uh congressional caucus funding like i mean there's all sorts of things they can do yeah right so uh he went over to do that and joe walsh was talking with ray i can't remember who the other person is it's not rand paul but it was somebody else that was part of that freedom caucus and they said should we go help him joe walsh said wait let's see how he handles it and thomas massey looked at me goes i'm not here to vote for you i'm here to vote for the people of my district and this is what i promised them so i'm not going to vote the way that you want me to and if you're going to threaten me threaten me and i cannot wait i cannot wait to grow the Libertarian Party and the Libertarian Party of Kentucky to the point where Thomas Massey feels comfortable joining us and dropping all the Republican stuff that he has to do in order to be able to keep his seat. Because I know a lot of people who know Thomas Massey. As Libertarian as Thomas Massey seems and votes, there's stuff that he has to compromise on. He wants to be even more Libertarian than that, but he also wants to be able to get reelected. Right. That's one that will flip early. Right. Like as soon as it's viable for him to run as a libertarian in Congress. And yeah. And I would and I will say that Justin Amash and Thomas Massey are the two greatest examples of people who went in and they stayed libertarian. As libertarian as, as they li- were, because they were kind right, of as li- liberty right. leaning conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As libertarian as libertarian as they were. And they are the two best examples of that. Everybody else, even the almighty Ron, uh, even he did some things that were not libertarian. 
that we have talked about on the show before, and we don't have to ever bring that up again. Yeah, I mean, there's the there's the fact that the man he voted no on ev- like every bill. He voted no on everything, but he would add but have he add did stuff add added funding. <laughs> he did add funding. To he would a add lot of... pork project funding for his district. Yes. Knowing it would get voted on, you know, almost by like voice vote, he'd vote against it after introducing it, yep. and then he'd vote against the final bill. So he'd be able to bring pork back into his district and say he voted, you know, not to yeah. increase the deficit. Yep, because he always voted no, even though he was adding stuff to put in it. He voted against his own amendment, adding it, yep. knowing that it would easily it would sail. Yeah, just sail right through. So next question here uh, on Anchor. Uh, this is a question from Chrissy and Jess. It's just Chrissy. Okay. How much slip could a nip slip slip if a nip slip could slip nips? Well, we discovered that earlier uh, this year. We did. And the answer was fully. It we... could fully slip. Yeah, it could fully slip. Slip to the full capacity. This is... So for anybody who's watching us, this is actually a really weird day because I am the one that's in a V-neck and Spike is in a crew neck. This is a weird day. This is a And weird I'm wearing day. two layers. You are wearing, well, yes, so, so am I, but I do that often. You, yeah, you do that often. I usually am just wearing a shirt and I've got showers. <laughs> God. So, um... <laughs> so next question... Next question. Next question is from uh, our old friend Matt Laser Legend. <laughs> hey, guy on left and Spike. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney of law, anchor, something, something, call in line. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you tonight. First of all, how are you? Good. Pause. Doing well. Answer. Okay. <laughs> second question I have for you is, as I'm sure by now both of you are aware, I'm getting my legs waxed tomorrow for the first oh, yeah. time. For a good cause, of course. Any okay. advice for me? Spike, I know you've had parts waxed before. Guy on left, I'm not sure if you have, but I would appreciate any hints, tips, or advice that you have for me in this vein. Um, anyway, yeah. Hashtag finish it for me. Laser legend. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, man, he needs his own show. Anyway, uh, uh, that's, by the way, that's my campaign manager, by the way. Um, and actually, now he's just my manager because he's still doing stuff. So, uh, yes, Matt is getting uh, waxed uh, as part of his uh, contribution to alt-right, uh, not alt-right, outright libertarians, <laughs> not alt- <laughs> totally different literally the opposite of alt-right libertarians outright libertarians (laughs) which is a completely different organization so yes i have been waxed once where i yes where My, my entire torso Oh, wow. Really? 
it hurt a lot. I bet. So my and I'm very woolly. Yes. I'm a furry man. I am people ask if I'm a furry and I say yes. I don't have a costume, but I'm a hobbit. And so uh like a Jewish a, like a Jewish dwarf. So um so anyway, so my now wife, girlfriend at the time said, "Hey, you should try wax in your chest." And I went, "Hey, okay." I hadn't seen the 40-year-old virgin yet, and I <laughs> was in excruciating pain. It's the most terrible thing. I have no advice for you other than you're it's going to it's going to hurt a lot. And I don't know if legs are more or less sensitive than the chest, but you're going to feel a lot of pain yeah. and everyone else is going to find it funny. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, Oh, you're getting waxed and it hurts. And you're going to be like, I'm experiencing the worst pain I've ever felt. And everyone's laughing at me. Right. Yeah. Um, now the pain subsides pretty quickly, but in that it, moment it is excruciating from my very minimal experience in waxing. Um, yeah, the pain is pretty excruciating for a brief second. Yeah, just as it's quickly more, as it's over, it's over. Right. But man. Yeah. Like if you've ever been stabbed. Now, my question is how high up the leg is he waxing? Because I, I think that the higher up the leg, that's going to get more painful. I don't know. Dad, I don't know. I know it's at least his calf and, and like shins and all that, but I don't know. Are you doing like, you going all the way up to the, like, I don't, I don't know, Matt. Yeah. I'm, it's going to hurt a lot. It's going to hurt. It's, it's going to hurt. hurt. Um, but it is a much better way to go than trying to shave it yourself for the first time. It's going to hurt. I can say, I can tell you that from experience. You're going to feel pain. It's going to hurt gonna hurt a lot oh he says his skirt is really short <laughs> caitlin uh caitlin cloven says to uh she gives her advice of have a few beers beforehand and it won't be as bad i don't think you have to give matt that advice yeah i'm pretty certain that matt knows that advice i'm certain that's that not matt even advice that's just matt at least mildly intoxicated for this and his twig and berries aren't getting waxed. And that's really, that's, that's the important part that's important. right there. That's the important part. Stop before you get to the, um, all right. So we're going to, we have another question from Matt. I'm so terrified. Hey guys, this is Matt Hicks calling in one last time on the Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, attorney at law anchor calling moment. Yes. Line thing. Yeah. No, you got it. This is a, comment for spike um you used to have the habit of uh recommending to people that they oil their scalp and i recently started a regimen of tea tree oil and Ooh. i've got to tell you the results huh? have been astounding so thank you for the wonderful advice hashtag laser legend everyone listening to this at home 
tea tree oil right here. Then you wipe it around. It's invigorating. It's conditioning. It's nourishing. You have to use a carrier oil. Like coconut oil. Or jojoba oil. Or what? Or even olive oil. Did you say hobo oil? Jojoba. Jojoba. Oh, I was like, does this oil jump trains? Yes. Mm. It's technically a wax. Oh, gotcha. But it's oily. Hmm. So yes, tea tree oil. Tea tree oil. But I have a feeling Matt's probably putting it directly on his scalp. <laughs> it's just... Like shampoo. Yeah, Matt. In in the in in the comments, kid. I need to know. Are you have you been just applying it directly? But by, by the way, so we got. I believe that we got a bid for four twenty sixty nine from someone a while back. I. I don't. Man, Sh- no. Yeah, Sean War. But he says I don't even know what we're bidding. Yeah, I don't, on. Yeah, I don't know what we're bidding on. Um. But yeah, I guess technically, Nick. I feel somewhat uncomfortable taking that as a legitimate bid, unless which, Sean, unless which, you want to. If he doesn't pay us the four twenty sixty nine, it goes to Jonathan Trommer for four twenty. Right, unless someone bids more. Correct. So, okay, well, good. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, everyone, go out there. Oh, we got yet another question. Wait, how many? Qu- Is this the one? I think I I think I skipped one. Hold on. No, I'm my phone. Hang on. Oh yeah, you 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 skipped Um, one. You used to have the habit. Oh yeah, okay, all right. So there's a there's yet a there's a third one, a second question from Matt Laser Legend Hicks. Here we go. uh, Sasha Cohen. Hey guys, this is Matt Hicks calling in again on the uh, Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney anchor call in line. Um, this question is for guy on left. What is the weirdest place you've put beans? Hashtag laser legend. What, where is the weirdest place that I have put beans? beans? Beans. Is this specifically baked beans or any kind of bean? Right. Very. This is actually none of these. Like the weirdest <laughs> Doesn't place. Doesn't matter. I, yeah. Like the weirdest place i have ever put beans um potentially my belly button if it was like a dried lima bean pop boy them bad boys right in there um but oh he says any kind um, <laughs> adam freeman says he knows the answer if we're talking about those kind of beans yes that is correct um but i don't think we're talking about those kind of beans well we are um, now if we're talking about those kind of beans, the clubbing sort, the clubbing type of beans, well, what's a clubbing bean? It's a street name for a drug that I have definitely never put up anything. Club is that a clubbing bean? No, just bean. Yeah, it's, no, none of this has anything to do with what you just said. 
No. Um, that's beans. Beans. Adam understands because he said LOL to them because he knew exactly. Uh, Joe Hackman knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Sarah, super fan Sarah Anderegg is probably not going to speak to me later. I thought I was a pretty prolific drug addict, but apparently not. Mm, Are you talking yeah. about Molly? Yeah. Ecstasy. Oh, see, I never really got into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just okay. Right on up. Well. Um, <laughs> uh, we missed one from Sasha Cohen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so one more from Sasha Cohen, who... Well, okay, here, we'll, we'll do his thing first. Hey, guys. Sasha Cohen from DeKalb, Illinois here. First off, I want to thank Spike for running such an incredible campaign and coming out to my home state as well as neighboring states a couple times during the race. It was great getting to meet you, great getting to see you. Yeah, and man. I just had a quick question about libertarian philosophers and writers for both of you. I wanted to know, who is your favorite um, author from the libertarian left? Thank you. I think it, so. If Lysander Spooner counts as being on the libertarian left, then I would pick him. Um, and I think we could qualify him as being on the libertarian left because he spoke out against capitalism. But he was speaking out against capitalism as defined by Marxists, which is the system that we essentially live under now. He wasn't attacking, I don't believe, the idea of private ownership of anything. He was talking about the command economy model that we have. So I would think Spooner. If he's not considered a left libertarian, then my backup would be Max Stirner. Matt? Thoreau. What's that? Henry David Thoreau. Was he a left libertarian? I mean, he was a libertarian and he was definitely more on the left side of things. I don't know if he would have claimed himself, himself as okay. a left libertarian. Okay. But reading his stuff and knowing his philosophy, yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Thoreau's a good one. Thoreau is a good one. But yeah, Who, I would go. Incidentally, uh, as Adam Freeman just found out yesterday. When he asked me, have you ever heard of Thoreau? Um, that is his fifth cousin. Oh. Yeah, fifth cousin, five times removed. Who is counting that? Is there a like Thoreau family? No, his, I think his sister... His sister gave the uh, government her DNA through 23andMe, and they, like, did it. But fifth cousin is, like, you – there's a 5% chance that you share blood, and basically there's no relation. His great-great-great-great-grandparent was the same. Wait, how does he have the same great 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 grandparent as Henry David Thoreau? 
Adam's great, 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 great grandparent is related to Thoreau. Or is... Oh, 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 okay. All right. Okay. Right. Right. So. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Alex Boyer says, I'm sure Matt and Spike are fifth cousins, and that could very possibly be true. I mean, maybe, but my family got here relatively recently. But yeah. Well, relatively in the last hundred and some odd years. So, right. um, well, that was a really good question. Yeah. Uh, and uh, someone in the comments said Konkin. Who wrote Konkin? Tim Stanley said Konkin, depending on how you define left. Um, <laughs> Adam Freeman says, don't take this away from me. That's very. Uh, so Sasha, Sasha Cohen, in addition to being a, a, a just a fantastic libertarian and a, a really good friend, is also a terrorist and a monster, and I hate him. Um, he uh, has been making some really, uh, really problematic memes with me and Joe Jorgensen. Now, I will and, say, before he started making that meme... I was going to do a nickname for you completely breaking from the Jewish rapper thing and have it be baby spike juju 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 and just keep going. But, Oh, I thought you were going to call me Jew Jugerson. <laughs> no, I was going to do baby shark, but baby spike. And then instead do do Jew. Oh yeah. You yeah. don't have to do that. Yeah. No, I decided against it. Oh, I also want to let everybody know that I know that we've all had a really good time with hip hop Jewish nicknames. Yes. That will be ending the last show of 2020. And I don't know what the next theme will be, but I have flat run out of hip hop people. Hip hop Jewish. I mean, there's only so many rappers. If there are a lot, like I've got a couple that are in the uh, that are in the canister here for um, that I have no idea who they are. Do you have one? Alex Boyer says he has more more in the tank. Do you have Jewel in the gang? No. Well, there you go. But I can't, can't use, use it now. One. You can't use yeah. it now because I can't use it now. You can't use it. So, update on. We're still at is four four twenties at the top right now, or no four twenty five by BDS. What what is it? Wasn't it four twenty five? Was the no four think, no four twenty is still the highest one, right? I thought we had somebody go to four thirty. I'm not seeing it. Four twenties. So right now the highest bid is four twenty sixty nine. Four twenty sixty nine. Nice. Um. <laughs> by sean war and in the off chance that that's not a serious bid then whoever then for jonathan Tromer, jonathan Tromer is at the top with 420 um and people are saying they hope no one beats that and part of me hopes that too but the other part of me wants more money <laughs> because i don't care that i don't have makeup on you could do four forty two thousand sixty nine. John Matt Moore Hicks says, says your audience is demanding more discussion of Matt's prison wallet bean storage. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, I don't. Is there really more information that you need about that? No. In all fair, like, 
after a while it stops working if you just take it one way you have to change it up i didn't even need to know that i would also like to point out that in september i became six years sober hey congratulations thank you you scared the hell out of me you posted a a photo of a bunch of alcohol and said time to dust this off and i'm like no 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 and then you're like oh i'm i'm gonna bart i didn't even say that sarah told you i wasn't yeah, gonna answer sarah, no like, i know I you was, you weren't gonna tell me yeah. i was bartending a wedding and i haven't done that in a while so i took a picture of all the alcohol and i said time to knock the dust off and i posted it to which immediately superfan sarah Andrew texted me and she said everybody's gonna think you're about to start drinking again and i just started laughing i said i know what i thought i know it's it's gonna be i was like and (laughs) and um yeah uh i got a lot of and to everybody who messaged me thank you (laughs) thank you i truly did not mean to make everybody worry to that level um I just thought it was a really funny turn of that's, phrase. That's that's the that's the clubbing bean talking. Um, <laughs> still in there twenty years still, later. <laughs> so uh, it's a it's a it's a fat it's a slow it's a measured release. <laughs> yeah, very slow. Very slow. <laughs> very slow. One percent a month. Um, so speaking of Matt shoving drugs into his anus, Donald Trump. Matt making poor decisions. Yeah, Matt making poor decisions with his anus. Donald Trump is refusing to concede the election and has put together a team of some of the finest attorneys ever to take this fight just as far as they can. Matt? So... (laughs) The comment section tonight is gold. Thank you to everybody congratulating me on my sobriety. Um, <laughs> um, Sydney Powell, uh, she's been making the media around. She's most famous yes. potentially now for saying release the Kraken. Uh, is talking about the flood of information that they are about to release. Um, now, She's been hinting that they have a fire hose worth of evidence that Dominion voting system rigged this election. Uh, Now, this is a woman who has argued more than 500 appeals in the Fifth Circuit, which have resulted in more than 180 published opinions. Yeah. Yeah. No, this Uh, woman has some serious pedigree. She's got some serious clout. And she is showing up on Fox News. to talk about voter fraud through the Dominion voting system, pointing out that it was originally started by Hugo Chavez. Now she is joining. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Trust me. That look you just gave me was the same look I gave her when she said it. Um, she's joining Rudy Giuliani, who is famous for hosting press conferences at landscaping companies. 
and L. Lynn But just Wood. that. That's all he's known for. <laughs> that's, all, that's it. No one knows uh, anything else about it. L. Lynn Wood, who famously turned Nicholas Sandman into one rich smug boy. <laughs> one rich yes. little smug boy. Do we know big. how much money he got? No, it was all sealed. It was all yeah, sealed. Yeah, but it was the lot. It, it was three, it was, six, nine. It was nine figures. It was definitely nine figures. Man, I want to get yelled at in DC. Right, by random people. Um, now, the Dominion voting system theory is not a new theory. It is one that they ripped straight from the storyline of season two of Scandal on ABC. Only this time we don't have somebody like Kerry Washington in order to make it worth watching. Um, and while a lot of this does seem to be a bit far-fetched and like something out of the primetime drama that the creator of Grey's Anatomy would write. However, according to PBS NewsHour, well known for their alt-right reporting at PBS, Mm -hmm. um, the QR codes being used in the Dominion voting system could be duplicated and placed on every ballot and nobody would know the difference. And that the system's we're having issues as recently as September with half of the names of those running for Senate in the Georgia special election randomly disappearing. So the systems were not tested well before they were put in. Um, and these were the same systems that they were using for the primaries in Georgia uh, that caused a lot of issues we are not backing this and we are not saying this is what is happening right how however we want to give you all the information um now a lot of lawsuits are being filed all across the country uh kaylee mcenany uh came out and said that they have over 200 250 pages of sworn affidavits of people who witnessed voter fraud uh from michigan uh, from Michigan alone. And they, uh, and they have more stuff planned. Um, uh, Sydney Powell is out in the news, definitely talking about, there's a lot more information that's going to come. And she is swearing up and down that at least two or three States are going to be flipped. Once all of this information comes out. Mm. Time will Wouldn't tell. that be insane, I, by the way? If that happens. If that happens. Nobody will trust an election in this country ever. That's, yeah. Ever. Ever. Neither side. Ever. Neither side. Neither side. Right now, the Republicans will never trust an election ever, right? Or at but, least until so they in, win again, but yeah. 70% of Republicans right now think that this election was rigged. They yep. don't believe it. Back in 2016, I don't know the stats on this, the Democrats thought that that election was rigged or at least tampered with. 2012, a lot of people were saying that some rigging went on, but I don't think anybody's claiming Mitt Romney won that election. No, no, no. It was so wide. Yeah, it was such a wide disparity. Yeah, yeah. 2012 is going to go down as the last election that people believed. It it, will very well possibly. 
if it gets flipped from Biden to Trump, 80% of this country will think that the voting system is an absolute joke and a mess and a corrupt, yeah. and they will have a pretty compelling reason to think so. Now, we're yes. there's a lot of hypotheticals here. Lots. There's never been a, a, a presidential election. and you know, People keep pointing to uh, Gore versus Bush, where for nearly three months, uh, Gore it claimed was he was the winner. 37 days. 37 days. So also, the difference between Gore and, and Bush in that election was a few hundred votes in one state. This is tens of thousands of votes in multiple states. So what would have to happen is the equivalent of like three or four Bush v. Gores going or Gore v. Bush or whichever it was in Trump's favor is what it would take to actually turn this over. Could it happen? Sure. And I'd also like to think that they end up discovering that they stole uh, four million votes from Joe Jorgensen. Now, yeah, probably Now, like a lot of a lot of Trumpians are like hanging their hat on in Georgia yesterday. They found a they found a um, I called it an SD card yesterday because I couldn't think of the term and I got made fun of Um, like a thumb drive or uh, yeah, like a thumb drive or whatever. They found they they found a card with a floppy uh, disk. Right. That's what he said immediately. Um, with 2,600 votes on it, and Trump gained 800 votes on, out of those 2,600. In Georgia, he's down by 14,000. 800 get, votes. get to finding some more. Yeah, some you're going to have to find a lot more lot floppy, more floppy disks. disks. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to find a lot more floppy disks. But, like, they're hanging their head on that. But no matter what, if you pick up the magic eight ball and say, is Trump going to win this election? It says outlook is bleak. Yeah, it would be very, very difficult to flip it at this point. Like, I, I don't see it happening. But if it does happen, holy crap! So I want to. If it wanna... does happen, if it does happen, yeah, I am so excited for the next four years of this show. Oh gosh, because it's going to be so entertaining. Yeah. So. Real quick, here is where the whole Dominion Systems is owned by or started by Hugo Chavez. That's actually not true. Here, here's what I can, what I have found so far. So, Dominion is owned by State Staple Street Capital, which is a New York private equity firm. There's another company that was called Smartmatic, which is, uh, uh, it's based in Florida. Um, but, uh, hold on. Um, okay. So, uh, Smartmatic, uh, what's the way? Okay, Smartmatic technology has been used in Venezuelan elections, okay? Yeah. Smartmatic bought a company called Sequoia, 
where is it? Sequoia Voting Systems in 2005, but they sold it in 2007 because objections were raised over its partnership with a company uh, that was Venezuelan. Um, and that was related to vote voting. Three years later, after they sold it, three years later, Dominion bought Sequoia. So what they're claiming is that Smartmatic bought Sequoia and implemented code in Sequoia, which is now being used in Dominion. As someone who has worked in web design and understands coding, and it's it's not doesn't really work that way. Most of what they were buying was IP when they're buying these companies. So it's now what I'd strongly doubt they're using the same software. And even then using the same software wouldn't prove that there was some ill intent by, you know, the Venezuelan government. in And in the PBS news hour, which is actually only 37 minutes if you watch it on YouTube. um, But in the PBS news hour, they had they talked to people about these voting systems uh, where they said that they don't have proper security on them and could easily anybody could easily enter a line of code that would change things. Whether or not that happened, there's no way yeah. to know. And there's not really paper ballots on these things. Yep. Uh, there's not really paper ballots because they were all digital. Uh, so you don't even have anything to back it up against. Right. And see, the this is where the beauty of having this beautiful mess of a system is. Because it's not centralized and because each individual area has their own way of doing their voting. Uh, in some states, they even leave it up to the individual uh, precincts and the individual counties how to do their voting. Yep. It would be really, really, really hard to hack the election without there being multiple people coming forward and saying, I was a part of the hacking of the election. Um, now, is there voter fraud? Yes. There's, and we talked about yeah, this last absolutely. week. Is there voter fraud? There's absolutely yes. voter fraud. Thousands, maybe tens of thousands of instances of voter fraud. It works out to anywhere from 0.02 to 0.05% of the effect on the vote, which means it might affect the outcome of a very close city or or county or region-wide race. It, it is not changing anything federal. None of the votes were anywhere near close enough to be affected by that kind of margin. Right. Now, uh, Richard Caesar uh, on Facebook says, we need blockchain voting. And here's the, we, we have talked about this on the show. Mm-hmm. In theory, blockchain voting is great. However, voting is supposed to be anonymous. Yep. And with blockchain, you create a map of what, who everybody voted for. There yep. will be a record of your vote. You can't do that. And you shouldn't do that because and, right. okay. the one okay. thing that people have is that even if everyone's pressuring them, you have to vote this way, you have to vote this way, you have to vote this way, you walk into that ballot box and you vote however the hell you wanted and yep. no one knows. Unless you tell people. I mean, you, you're certain to tell people if you want to, but if you want to just vote and it's no one's business, then you get to vote and it's no one's business. And that prevents a major social campaign from pressuring people into voting for someone, which would almost invariably lead to bad outcomes. Um, So I believe we had that. You believe we had what? Uh, People socially pressuring people to vote. 
back. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, we we have that. (laughs) Oh, I'm saying to vote for a certain side. Oh, yeah, no, social pressure to vote is through the roof. Um, I mean, to the point where they're actually, like, straight-up bully campaigns. Like, if you don't vote, shut up. I was like, okay. If you Um, you don't vote, you you don't have a right to complain. Which, by the way, let's let's trace that for a moment. Let's talk about that. And, and, and I'm someone who encourages people to vote libertarian. They tell you that if you don't vote, then you have no right to complain because you didn't make you didn't have a say. You didn't in the election. You didn't get to make your say in, in in how things went. They tell you if you voted and your side didn't win, then you shouldn't complain. Because the majority has spoken. The will of the people has spoken. If you vote and you do win, then they tell you that you shouldn't complain because you got what you wanted. There's a common thread here. That no matter whether you vote or not, someone's going to tell you to shut up about your opinion. So don't let people pressure you into voting or not. I've had many people come to my uh, rallies and say, hey, listen, I like everything you're saying, but I'm a non-voting anarchist. Convince me to vote. And I'd say, no. If you don't want to vote, don't vote. I'd like you to vote. Yeah. And it would be helpful if you voted. Yep. But I'm not going to tell you you have to vote. I'm not going to try to guilt you into voting. A vote for me is a vote for making things better and more like what we want. If that's not enough for you, then okay. Then either nothing else I'm going to say is going to change your mind or I'm not an effective messenger to you. And that's fine. Either one of those is fine. So I'm not with the whole, you got to vote, everyone, no matter what, you got to vote. First of all, there's some people that shouldn't be voting because they really don't. Like, I've met people who go, eh, I vote, but I don't really know what I'm voting for. Oh, g- thanks. That was helpful. Yep. So... Yeah, so it's kind of, this isn't, Venezuela doesn't own our election system. Um, Um, Now, there is the possibility that Trump has a slight parting gift planned for the Biden's, for the Biden-Harris administration. Um, Oh, God. Is that what that's about? I, I saw a headline and didn't know what it was. This is just to give Biden something to have to do. So, God. yes and no. So, here, here's where this comes from. Okay. So, according to the reports, Trump has been inquiring with some advisors about starting a war with Iran over, their inc- over them increasing their stockpile of nuclear material, okay. which is now up to, according to... Uh, the people who go and check uh 5300 IAEA yeah International yeah. Atomic Energy Association yeah uh 5385 pounds of low enriched uranium his invi- his advisors are all recommending against it well yeah now now this is before i say this next part nuclear arms is Republican gun control. I mean, all gun control is Republican gun control, but they will say when it's, when they're not in Congress, but they're running, uh, they will say, we need to have weapons to protect us from the people who might hurt us. Yep. Now, when it comes to nuclear, 
we are the only people, the United States for our the, government are the our only, gov- the United yep. States government yep. is the only people who can have nuclear uh, is the only people who can have nuclear. Nobody else should, because that would be bad and dangerous. The argument that they use is the exact same argument that Democrats use to get rid of our guns yep. here. Now, if Trump does decide to go through with something, um, it would poison relations with Tehran so that it would be much harder for uh, Biden to revive the 2015 Iran nuclear accord, which he has promised to do. In theory, yeah. But if he really wanted to, like if Trump started a war with Iran now, Biden could, in theory, say, as soon as I'm president, this all ends. But it still poisons the well, because depending on how many people Trump kills, I don't know how how happy Iran's going to be with. I I think more than likely Iran would still be very happy to go right back to peace with the U.S., even if a bunch of people died just because they don't want war with the U.S. Let's be very clear as to why Iran is more than likely. They claim they're not, but of course they would claim that because they're waiting until they have it. Here's why Iran is getting nuclear weapons. And it's not because of whatever, if, you've, if you consume right-wing media, all the nonsense they've told you about how they're you know, religious cultists that want to bring about the apocalypse and destroy our greatest ally, Israel, and all that BS. Here's why they're getting nukes. For the same reason every other country gets nukes. To stop larger countries from bombing them and invading them and attacking them. Because you'll notice that the only countries that the U.S. doesn't bomb and invade and destabilize are countries that either are powerful and have nuclear weapons, or go 100% with the U.S. uh, foreign policy and uh, use the petrodollar. Any country that doesn't match one or both of those criteria is going to get attacked or invaded or destabilized in some way. Having nukes is a really powerful way of getting left the hell alone. Not just by the U.S. military, but by the Russian military, by uh, you know other NATO country militaries, by uh, you know by uh, the Chinese military. Like really, it's just a great way to be left the hell alone. In the same way that if there's a big bully going around bothering everyone, but you've got a gun, you're going to get left alone. You're much more likely to get left alone. It's just a powerful way to keep people. It's to, it's to deter people from uh, from you know invading your country and attacking you. I have said many times, if I were the head of state of a small country who did not have nukes, I would eventually, I would immediately begin a nuclear weapons program. And I would announce it publicly. I would announce that I'm starting a nuclear weapons program. And then I would negotiate anything I could possibly negotiate with any power who didn't want me to have nuclear weapons to try to get rid of my nuclear weapon. I'd get as many concessions as I could from them. All the while, I would continue to build my nuclear weapons program all the way to completion. And then I would say, well, guys, that was fun, but I have nuclear weapons. Now you can just leave me alone and never attack us. That's what I would do. And I'd be an idiot not to. Because anything else, any assurance from a foreign country, from a more powerful foreign country, especially the U.S. military, that uh, the U.S. government that has a, a long and proud history of destabilizing entire regions of the planet in perpetuity, I would absolutely make sure to, to keep them from being able to attack me, from wanting to attack me, because if they attacked my country, they would regret it. It's as simple as that. That's why they're doing it. 
all the propaganda we're given as to why they're doing it, it's all nonsense. It's all garbage. It's all lies. They don't want to bring about an apocalypse. You know, they talk about how aggressive Iran is being. They're not being aggressive. They're surrounded by U.S. military bases. If we were surrounded by Chinese military bases and occasionally we sent some militia groups to destabilize those bases that are miles away from our country or shot down their drones that were flying over our shores, that's not aggression. That's keeping aggressive people in check. And if we were developing a nuclear weapons program during that, it wouldn't be because we wanted to start a war. It would be because we were trying to stop a war. So there. So Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, uh, he left a comment and he said, why is turnout so much lower in the U.S. than Europe? Well, this year it was pretty high, no? Well, the U.S. was. It's. I don't know how it compares to the. I don't know how this year compares. I, I think we had something like eighty-five percent of eligible voters this year. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it was it was high. It was really high. Um, now, the reason that historically that is the case, and this is me guessing, one hundred percent, is because they have states or they have countries that are the size of our states. People there are much more inclined to go to the voting booth to fix their small homogenized areas. Right. Here, it is a vast wide area made up of 50 separate tiny countries that people aren't going, they, a lot of people aren't going to show up to rule all of them. If somebody, if, if it was, you were rooting, if you were voting on a leader of all of Europe and it wasn't mandatory, the voting numbers would probably be lower. More than likely. Yeah. I think there's that. And I think also there's the dynamic of an increasing number of Americans who, because we have a rigged voting system in this country, and I'm not talking about how they count it or anything like that. We have a rigged, rigged electoral system whereby the Republican and Democrat parties have made it almost impossible for third parties to even get on the ballot in the first place. They also take taxpayer money to pay for their campaigns. So everyone else has to fight to even get on the ballot. They get hundreds of millions of dollars in federal funding for their campaigns. So and, and this started prior to, what was it, the 1880s, there was actually a lot of very robust third-party participation uh, in American politics, third- and fourth-party participation. Then starting in the 1880s and continuing on through largely into the 1950s, Republicans and Democrats worked together to create a series of restrictions, ending with the uh, creation of the FEC, who now just creates regulations without even bringing them to a congressional vote making it increasingly more and more difficult to actually be able to run. They just create more and more regulations. The state boards of election have continued to ratchet up the requirements to even be able to be on the ballot. As a result of that, Republicans and Democrats do whatever the hell they want to, and they often are just working together. And an increasing number of Americans look at the system and go, oh, this is all just a rigged shell game. There's no reason for me to vote for either of these idiots because they're all just doing the bidding of their cronies and it doesn't really matter which side wins. So why bother voting? I get my Tuesday back. 
that's my theory as to why in this country um, that we have such a low participation of, of voter turnout, which is why I think that we need to be speaking in our messaging. We need to be speaking past people who typically vote Republican and Democrat. Still speak so they can hear us, but don't speak to them because they're more than likely going to vote for a lesser evil until they think that you can win the election. Why not instead talk to the people who already have gone the the 80% of the way to saying, I'm not even going to vote for either one of these folks. And we just show up and go, yeah, you shouldn't vote for either one of them. Why don't you give us a chance? Here's what we think. These folks already know we don't have to do any of that. Oh, well, it's a vote thrown away and I don't want one side to beat the other side. They don't have any of that. All we have to do is show them that our ideas are good. And if they go, okay, that's worth voting for. I think that that's a much better use of our time. And the means by which we can reach them in terms of like outreach costs a lot less because no one else is really competing for their votes. So instead of trying to go after these highly coveted swing voters who are really probably only going to vote Republican or Democrat, we can go after people that no one else is even trying to compete against. So we spend a fraction of the cost to go after people that already know it's a waste of time voting Republican or Democrat. That's what I say. Now, I believe that Chris Ward, Chris Ward, is that his name? There, oh, gosh. Or 2069. Um, Sean, Sean War. I believe that Sean War has the lead at 420. 69. Now he says, nope. No. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Okay. So that wasn't legit. Okay. He um, he said it was legit, but I did call him Chris War, and there is a delay. Oh, so, Sean War. Okay, yeah. If Sean it War. is, yeah, he's now he's saying there you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Sean War has the. Oh, he but he doesn't know what he's bidding on. Okay, so you are bidding on a. <laughs> That's pretty impressive that you're bidding four hundred something dollars on something you don't know what it's for and sticking to it. Here is what you are voting for. Here's what you are are. Here's what you are bidding on. A signed Spike Cohen hat. It has been signed by both Matt Wright and myself. And I actually wore it briefly, too. For like 20, 30 minutes. We both briefly wore this and yes. do not have uh, lice or cooties. And it also has this um, uh, embossed uh, Muddied Waters Media logo on the back. So this is a custom one-in-a-kind, like one-of-a-kind hat. Or like that. Yeah. And it has been signed by Muddy Waters Media as well. Or it looks like this got this one too yeah so that is what you are bidding that is what you are currently there is only one 400 yeah there is only one you are currently bidding 420 dollars and 69 cents on that hat and you are currently the top bidder but we are now because we have finished all of our show notes we now are doing for the last few minutes of the show. We are continuing bidding until we close it out, unless no one else wants to make a bid, in which case 42069 is the top getting vote. If anyone and, else and all go. bids from here like ten dollar increments, we gave the allowance for 42069 because it's nice. Um but all oh, other bids have to be of increments of $10 or more. And, right. And he says the last 
auction we did. Yeah, he said he's good with it. So this he is this Sean Warren's okay. bidding on this. So Sean Warren's good with it. Four hundred twenty dollars and sixty nine cents is the high bid right now, and we have a few minutes left. So if anybody out if there wants, wants to bid, bid four hundred and thirty or more. Then you can have this because we did this last week when we had our our first hat auction of the of the this hat that I just did, I just got Tom Arnold's address Tom so this will be going to you when we when we did this one uh, we didn't say that it had to be of ten dollars or more and so we spent like something like thirty minutes to increase it like sixty cents because people were outbidding each other by like two pennies and right. it was getting it was getting pretty it was getting pretty bad. Um, so this hat, this beautiful, beautiful Spike Cohen hat. And for anybody who is interested in getting their very own Spike Cohen hat, it won't have the patch on the back and it won't be autographed by both of us. But if you want your very own Spike Cohen hat, or perhaps you want your very own Muddied Waters hoodie, which is very comfortable, by the way, or if you're feeling COVID-y, and you want your very own muddied waters mask, which people the the patches on these masks are hand sewn onto each mask by me, which means the stitch work is terrible, but it also will not fall off ever. <laughs> it also means it was not done by a toddler in a sweatshop no it was done by me in a sweatshop because sarah keeps the air conditioning at a temperature that is just way too high so you can find all of that at muddiedwatersmedia.com and does hit she, the store does she keep, button does she keep it because she doesn't want to spend too much money on ac <laughs> that was my joke when i first went over there and it's i was like true. why it's, it's and she said true. no i want to feel close to my ancestors and she said it, not me. She's being close to her ancestors <laughs> in that she's saving money on her electric bill. <laughs> so, yes. So you're both right. Right. So <laughs> if anybody is interested in any of the wide array of muddied waters merch you can go to muddiedwatersmedia.com and hit the old store button on the far right Boop. and uh we got some more stuff coming soon that's going to be on there uh we've got including waffle house caucus buttons that are going to be on there soon yep. and uh possibly some you are the power buttons we got some other stuff that are coming up soon we'll be letting people know about that but uh okay so i'm I'm seeing it's looking like, I mean, at this point, I think we're going to do the going once, going twice thing because we're pretty much been letting people yeah. know that it's currently at, and I'm, I could not be, I mean, I'd only be happier if it went like way higher, but I right. couldn't be happier with it closing at 42069. So going once, going twice, sold to Sean, Sean War. War. Now Sean, now, Sean, you can PayPal muddiedwatersmedia at gmail.com, muddiedwatersmedia at gmail.com, PayPal us $420.69, and this hat 
will be delivered to you. And I'm certain that your significant other is going to be so happy with this purchase. It is going to bring joy to your family for generations, truly. Um, And if you aren't going to do that, then Jonathan uh, (laughs) Schrammer... PayPal us for uh, we will reach yeah, out if, to you. It, and it, yeah, if 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 that doesn't happen, then we will contact Jonathan Traumer to for four hundred and twenty dollars, and he can PayPal us at muddiedwatersmedia at gmail dot com at gmail dot com. And when you PayPal us, give us your mailing address, and uh, we will send this bad boy to you. Yes. And in the meantime, it's going to be sitting right over here, nice in the safe little hat area that I have. So, well, that was fun. So, well, thanks again. What a uh, another uh, fantastic uh, hat auction. That's awesome. Uh, but we uh, so uh, we've got a uh, interesting. I have an episode of My Fellow Americans tomorrow. Wow! I do right, and wow. it gets even better. I have a guest. Who? Guess. You're not interviewing yourself again are you nope oh wow um you have two guesses vermin nope okay um joe jorgensen nope i am interviewing john aldrich uh who writes for uh the hill he also writes for the american political science review the american journal of political science the journal of politics public choice uh he's published several several books over the years um, he has won multiple awards for his political writing, uh, going back to before I was born. And, uh, he recently wrote a piece, uh, breaking down uh, the title was, uh, does Joe Biden owe his win to Joe Jorgensen? And he breaks down why the answer to that is no, or I guess I shouldn't give that away. You won't yeah, believe what his answer is. <laughs> did, and- did Joe Biden owe his win to Joe Jorgensen and me? Did Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen stop Donald Trump from winning the election? You're not going to believe what you find out tomorrow, then Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on My Fellow Americans with me and my special host, my special guest, Mr. John Aldrich. And I can't say for certain. However, there may be a brand new episode of Mr. America, The Bearded Truth this week. Oh, on, on Friday? Uh, well, he did it Friday last week, so I'm assuming if he's going to be doing it... That it'll be on Fridays? That it'll be on Friday. Cool. That's so, awesome. And on Thursday, I will be doing my next episode of Culture of Winning, which I do on my on my, uh, on my my political, on my politician pa- Facebook page. I'll be interviewing Bob Carwin, uh, who was recently uh, elected. He's a, a recently elected libertarian uh, official. On Mondays and Thursdays at 8, I interview libertarians who have won elections. Huh? Libertarians winning elections. You may not have known that was a thing, but it is. And so we're, we're going to be doing that. And then... Uh, be sure to come back next week, next Tuesday, right here, starting at 8 Eastern for the muddy waters of freedom where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like little winter, winter wonder children, little the, winter the babies. Au- the autumn amarettos that autumn, we are. Well, it's not, well, except it's not autumn no more. It's not we're, winter. We're little winter. Is it? Is it still autumn? 
Autumn doesn't start no. until Wait, when does December. Winter, when does winter start? Yeah, we're definitely. Oh gosh! Around. Yeah, you're. You have to remember, it's eighty degrees where I. Am. It's not winter yet. It's always eighty degrees there. Um, not in winter. Okay, so in winter, all right. Well, I don't know what made me think it was already winter. Okay, like the sweet autumn cherubs that we are during this time, which is autumn. I knew that. Autumn. Yep. So. Folks, thanks again, Sean. Congratulations on uh, congratulations and, and on winning thank your you hat. To thank you to everybody who uh, participated in the auction. Yes, uh, we are not having another one next week. I've seen people ask about it. Um, we aren't having another one next week. We will have them more in the future. So don't you worry. You will have your chance to get your very own Spike Cohen and Matt Wright autographed merch. So Sean War is asking for the address for um for PayPal. It's uh it's muddiedwatersmedia at gmail dot com. If you just send money, yeah, I I sent it to him. Oh, okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. I sent um, it to him. So, well, folks, thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for my fellow Americans. We'll see you the day after for Culture Winning. We might see you on Friday for Mister America: The Bearded Truth with Jason Lyon, and then we'll see you again on Monday for the Culture Winning. And then we'll see you on Tuesday for a special pre-Turkey Day episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. And folks, thanks again for tuning in. Have a great night. And where we're going, we don't need roads.